Section 5 of Stories of the First American Animals. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by K. Hand. Stories of the First American Animals by George Langford. Jock the Jungle Jinx, Part 3. The sun had set, and twilight was fast changing to night, when Jock finally completed his return journey across the jungle roof and descended to his old home. His companions and neighbors were scattered about, and not much in evidence, so he mounted a fallen tree and chattered his piercing call, which soon attracted the attention of all the forest dwellers. From every hole, brush pile, and hollow stump they came trooping around him his absence had been the cause of much speculation and all were curious to hear what he had to say the first arrivals were mammals of his own kind always looking for and welcoming any excitement then the burrowers forever timid about venturing too far from their holes and last of all the pouched animals these latter were a glum lot and by nature averse to new ideas of any kind they trailed behind the rest, grumbling and shaking their heads like old granddaddies. The women folk wore apron skin pouches in most of which reposed sleepy infants, who squeaked and made a great fuss about being awakened so soon after beginning their night's rest. When all the jungle dwellers were settled down around the fallen tree and the youngsters quieted, Jock began the recital of his day's experiences. The pouched animals grunted their disapproval from the very first to run away from home was unpardonable they gazed at each other solemnly and shook their heads such folly could lead to no end but a bad one the small mammals took an entirely different view of the matter as far as they were concerned jock had his audience with him they edged up to him as closely as possible ears erect so as not to miss a single word they were mightily interested the burrowers as usual were neither this nor that they took the middle ground, neither objecting nor approving, for fear of being drawn into an argument with one or other of the opposing factions. They were like straws, ready to bend whichever way the wind blew. It was a long, long journey across the jungle, said Jock, but I would have done it before, and many times, had I ever suspected what was at the other end of it. The trees finally became so few and far apart that I descended to the ground. I was looking and smelling at everything, when suddenly an animal swooped down upon me from above. "'A dinosaur!' moaned old Grump, whereat all the burrowers and pouched animals shivered and held their breaths. "'Well, it looked more like a big bird to me,' said Jock. I tumbled into a hole, and the creature did not know how to get me out, so it went away and bothered me no more. "'Didn't it hide and wait until you came out?' one of the small mammals inquired no it did not have sense enough to do that the small mammals tittered but none of the others saw any fun in it they took it as very serious business i crawled out of the hole again jock resumed i thought i was getting near the end of the world for there ahead of me was the sky upside down i kept on to where the land ended and tried to peek over the edge it was not sky but water i never saw so much of it in one place most of the dinosaur country is water which is not surprising now that i think of it some of them live there and the dinosaurs tell us about them begged one of the small mammals i am coming to them jock replied i smelled something so nice i felt hungry all over but i smelled something else too 
that I did not like so much. What was that? peeped one of the pouched animals. A strange creature without legs, and wearing a big stone on his back. He attempted to bite me, but I kept out of his way, and he did not even try to catch me. Soon I smelled another. Dinosaur? Old Grump inquired in an awed voice. No, another slow-footed creature. He tried to hit me with his tail, but I jumped out of the way. The thing knew it could never catch me, nor did it try. Seeing nothing to fear from him, I hunted around to see what made the nice smell. The burrowers and pouched animals began to pluck up courage. Nothing very terrible had happened as yet. What was it? Old Grump ventured to inquire. A tree, bearing a cluster of luscious food. A single fruit stuffed me to bursting. There were as many in the cluster as there are of you. Old Grump's mouth began to water. He licked his chops greedily. And this tree bearing fruit, is there more than one? he inquired. Aye, a whole forest of the best and choicest food all going to waste. Nobody wants them. Nobody eats them. How about the dinosaurs? grunted one of the pouched animals. Old Grump doubled up and relapsed into his former gloom. Yes, how about them? he repeated. There may be some good in the dinosaur country, but probably bad too and more of it. Jock winked at the small mammals, then addressed himself to the pouched animals in a heart-to-heart -heart manner. Even old Grump experienced a thrill of pleasure at being thus taken into the speaker's confidence. Aye, the dinosaurs. Now listen carefully, for I have much to say about them. Every pair of eyes and ears were now centered upon Jock. Every breath was stilled. Only the rustling of breeze-blown leaves and the subdued murmurs of fast-beating hearts broke the stillness of the jungle. The fruit I ate made me sick, Jock confessed, much to the amusement of his small mammal friends. I was preparing to lie down somewhere when I heard a noise out in the water. There was a huge rock nearby, and I climbed up on that so as to see better. You will be surprised to learn that the rock was a huge dinosaur. The pouched animals nearly jumped out of their skins. Old Grump could scarcely believe his ears. Most surprising! Remarkable! he gasped. Did the monster roar terribly and gnash his teeth? No, he made no sound. However, he wiggled around so that it was all I could do to stay on top of him. His back was covered with many knobbed plates. You would think that he could feel nothing through them, but my claws tickled him in the creases where the plates joined together, and he could not bear it. He begged me to get down. And what did you do? giggled one of the small mammals. Do? Jock replied. I was so sick, and the creature jumped around so that I got down faster than I wanted to. He shook me off. However, he shook the banana out of me, too, and I felt well again. He was a very harmless dinosaur. I tried to learn something about him, but he was hungry and had no time for me. He began gulping down all sorts of plants growing near the water. Another dinosaur appeared just then. He swam ashore from far out somewhere. He was quite different from the first one, although big and silly, too. He thought I was a bug, and then a caterpillar, and finally a plant. I talked with him a few moments, but he became so hungry, listening, that he, too, began gobbling up all the water plants within his reach. It was this one who told me that the dinosaurs did nothing else but eat and sleep. Jock paused to rest his voice. The small mammals began giggling and chatting among themselves. One of them squeaked, eat and sleep, and this became a catchword to amuse the rest of them. Is that all? inquired one. I'd like to hear you tell of these dinosaurs. I never imagined that they were so silly. 
"'Yes, there was another one,' said Jock. "'When I met him he was crying because his appetite had left him for a few moments, and he feared he would starve to death. He really was a terrible-looking monster with horns and all sorts of things growing out of his head. I was not much larger than his toenail, but he was frightened when he first saw me. This was too much. The small mammals could not restrain their merriment. These dinosaurs were so very amusing that it seemed ridiculous to think of fearing them. The pouched animals, however, felt differently. Dinosaurs were dinosaurs, and there was no denying that. Old Grump was determined that nobody would make a fool of him. "'That may be true of some,' he grunted sourly. "'But how about the dinosaur king? The lot of us would be a mere mouthful for him. He would swallow us alive if he had the chance.' The burrowers and pouched animals replied to these glum words of the joy-killer with moans and despairing squeaks. "'Woe to us! The dinosaur king will destroy us! Fly! Hide! Run!' Old Grump sat rocking from side to side, wailing, "'Woe! Woe! Our end is near!' The others joined in dismal chorus, then the babies woke up, and their squeaks and squalls were added to the din. It began to look as though the meeting might break up in a mad stampede for the darkest, dampest corner of the jungle. Jock ran up and down the fallen tree, screaming at the frightened crowd. Be quiet until I tell you of the dinosaur king. What I say will surprise you. You have said enough, snorted one of the pouched animals, an old fossil with low forehead and retreating chin. I, for one, am going to gather up my family and hide in the darkest hole I can find. Why? Because of the dinosaur king. He will eat every last one of us alive. He did not eat me, said Jock. When he saw me, he was so frightened he ran away. How? snorted old Grump. Ran away from you. Oomph, oomph. Surprising. Remarkable. I can scarcely believe it. As you choose, Jock declared boldly, but others will because it is the truth. Vegetable eaters, flesh eaters, dinosaur king. They are all alike too clumsy to do anything but eat and sleep, too big to keep out of their own way. They have no sense. Has anyone sense who would let all those nuts and fruits go to waste? Don't you think it is about time for us to make use of them ourselves? This last query was addressed to old Grump. It touched a tender spot, his appetite. Nuts, fruits, um, well, that's different. If you are positive that the dinosaurs would not harm us, and that we could have the food all to ourselves, I might think about it. The small mammals cheered lustily, the burrowers squeaked, and the pouched animals began smacking their lips. Jock's eyes glistened. The battle was as good as won. Good, he said. The dinosaurs will not harm us, and the food will be ours. And he grinned at the small mammals as much as to say, and plenty of fun to go with it. His audience was now in as receptive a mood as any such audience could be. Jock raised his voice and shouted boldly, So now we are agreed. Tomorrow I lead you from the jungle to our new home. Pandemonium reigned, everybody squeaking, jabbering, and grunting at once. Doing a thing was different from saying it. The small mammals shouted, I, to the very last one. But the pouched animals grew timid again and did not respond. They were hard to move. Nuts, fruit, murmured old Grump in an agony of doubt. But his mates heard and gave up the hopeless struggle. They yielded. The idea of so much good food going to waste was more than their greedy stomachs could endure. 
all then sought their nests to rest and prepare for the next day's momentous event the tremendous change from darkness to light whose influence was to reach every corner of the earth the small mammals were up bright and early their hearts and minds filled with joy at the thought of the near end of dampness and gloom and the new life opening before them they raced about in wild excitement filling the air with their noisy chatter even the pouched animals caught a bit of the general enthusiasm although they were not backward in admitting that the food attraction more than influenced their final decision they lined up with mouths dripping awaiting the signal to start the timid burrowers plucked up courage and took their places in the rear where they could change their minds and turn back if anything went wrong the last of the jungle dwellers were now in their places every baby was tucked away in its mother's apron pouch or fastened securely upon her back jock gave the signal and the exodus began through brake and thicket and over fallen trees the strange procession swept onward a compact moving mass irresistible as the waves of the sea the days of the dinosaur were nearing their end and a new order of things the race of mammals was coming to its own at last end of section five